Welcome back to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. I'm sure you're getting used to this, but we always bring to you the best guests, and today is no different. Bill Anthes is a good friend of mine. I met him years ago and became even closer to him when he was on the CrossFit seminar staff team, which, as you know, is built by the best coaches in the world. So Bill is an amazing coach, but even cooler is his mindset training. He's got a great company called Between the Ears. We talk all about it. And in this episode, we really dive into mindset. Bill's philosophy is stoic, is how I would put it. It's all about accepting and advancing. We talk about it. We're all going to have negative thoughts. We're all going to have times in our lives where we get down in the dumps. But Bill helps teach how to overcome that and how to truly be the best version of yourself. He's got immersion courses and just listening to him and following some of the drills, which I've been doing, has made a huge change to my life. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode and I'm excited for your feedback on it. As always, if you do enjoy it, please, please leave us a review and share it. But here we go, another great episode of Best Hour of Their Day. All right, welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day. I have Bill Anthes on the line um, via Zoom. I'm looking at him. He's beautiful as ever. And <laughs> let me give you a brief introduction, Bill, and you can fill me in where I've gone wrong. But you are owner, founder of Between the Ears, which is a personal development company. You're co-owner of CrossFit Morristown with your wonderful, beautiful wife, Kariana, and you are also a Special Forces veteran. I was just asking you offline, you know, you're a Green Beret, and I was kind of like, is that G.I. Joe? And you just laughed at me a little bit. But um, it's, it's basically the, you know, for some reason in this day and age, the Navy SEALs have become like the people that we reference when it comes to like next level shit in the military. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Navy SEALs are certainly in the, um, in the spotlight quite a bit. Um, you know, look, some of that's because they're the ones who uh, have, I think, probably written the most books, but um, they also have done a lot of great work. And, uh, you know, the unit that, that smokes Bin Laden is going to get a lot of publicity. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, do it. but uh, yes, they're, they are very much in the public spotlight uh, currently, for sure. You know, but Green Beret is the similar, you know, branch, if you will, of the Army, where the Navy SEALs is the special forces of the Navy, correct? Yeah, so each branch has within it its own special operations unit or units. Um, the Army has... Uh, three, four-ish kind of, they've got a little bit more, just it's bigger. Um, there's an, there's actually an aviation unit. So the 160th, those helicopter pilots, best helicopter pilots in the world. Uh, from the ground side, there's like the bigger ones are uh, Green Berets, which is special forces, Army Rangers, a 75th Ranger Regiment, which is actually a little bit more um, like Navy SEALs as opposed to Green Berets being like Navy SEALs. Um, both are incredibly well-trained, highly disciplined, light infantry, um, 
raid raid forces essentially. So um, great units, and then you know you get into sort of some other other units that do a little bit more specialized things. Um, but yeah, within the army, Green Berets, which are special forces, that's our official name, uh, and then there's Rangers as well. The big question is who's the most badass? Which which you know team is the most badass? The guys who don't talk about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. It depends who you ask. It depends yeah. who you ask. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's really cool about that is in in in, in um with the changing shape and, and battlefield kind of thing, like the joint operations are we need to have a joint operation like capacity so you know army versus navy is good for a football game um but you know when all units all branches are working together you can get some you can get some really effective results there yeah it's like 80s rap we're all in the same gang right i read uh i did read jocko's book extreme ownership and you know he gives a ton of shout outs to the army guys that he was working with on those missions yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 we all wear the same flag. So why do you think though, in the CrossFit world, we see a lot more seals? Is it kind of just the same deal? Like the berets are there. They're just not talking about it. No, I don't think so. I think the Navy and, speci- and specifically special warfare um, command or whatever is ahead of the game from a physical fitness standpoint. Um, they're definitely, they adopted CrossFit super early um from a physical standpoint they're definitely at the top of that um kind of at the top of the game they were ahead of it before a lot of people you know honestly green berets don't always have the best rap for their physical fitness um there's and i'm sure every seal out there is saying thank you for saying that because you know there's like you know the fat old green beret you know just can 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 conduct some amazing operations and our operational capacity is unrivaled but we're not relying on our physical fitness all the time to do so that has since changed you know and and um they've you know kind of come up with the times but within crossfit it, it makes total sense why there's mostly a seal influence or, or demographic there because i mean they've been doing it for you know longer than most yeah, and then you have some influencers like Josh Bridges, you know, pushing 35 years old, still making the CrossFit Games. And, of course, it doesn't hurt when, you know, Dave Castro yes. is, you know, running running the games and he's a SEAL. Probably helps that trickle-down effect. Yeah. So, yeah. did you join the military straight out of high school? Did you go to school beyond that? No, so I um, I went to college. I went to Montclair State in New Jersey. Um, played soccer there, went for, uh, accounting. I majored in accounting and then I graduated, worked a couple years in public accounting, hated it, and then enlisted at 25. So I want to talk about this, your, your military experience, because I think this lends tremendously to between the years. You are, you know, someone that I admire as far as your mental strength. I've seen you train. You, you know, I remember one workout, we were working a seminar at, at, at Marstown and we were doing like sprints up a hill 
And I, I don't think I knew you very well. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Sprinting. We had like medicine ball carriers. I was like, what is happening? When, right? Was that, that was before I was on staff, obviously. Oh yeah. That was years ago. I think you were okay. you know, probably just, you know, either randomly even been dating Carrion at the time. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I think it was James working that one. Yeah. 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 yeah so I remember like, that. That was a, game. that was a storied hill sprint workout. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was pulling in the rear, but anyway. Yeah. When you when you enlist beyond school, do you come in as an officer or are you enlisted at that point? Yeah, so I had the option because I had a college degree to go the OCS route, officer candidate school. I uh, declined that because that's that wasn't the job function or the career path that I wanted to take. Um, I wanted to go into special operations as fast as possible and right away. Um, and so I, I rejected the you know, bait to go officer route and enlisted. Um, and the contract that I enlisted with was, you know, basically they're saying, all right, you know, you want to try out to become a Green Beret, go for it. But if you fail at any point in any time, you get, you know, recycled to the the needs of the army. Um, so most people that enlist or most people that go in after college typically go the officer route. But for me, the, the job function was, um, way more of a priority than the the job title or the you know officer enlisted thing i didn't care about that you know basically you're saying you knew you wanted to be a green beret that's why you were enlisting so you go to it there's a you have to go through standard army boot camp and then your special warfare training or yeah so the pipeline yeah so the pipeline is is long it's about two years um you enlist you go to infantry basic training AIT, whatever, uh, one station unit training is what they call it. It's a few months of just, you know, standard stuff, basic stuff, easy stuff. And then you go to uh, Airborne School, which is also located at Fort Benning. So you learn static line parachuting, like think World War II, kind of band of brothers jumping in that thing. Um, Then after that, they throw you on a bus and you drive up to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And that's kind of where, that's where it gets starts to get real. Um, and the first thing you did when I went through the pipelines changed a little bit, but the first thing you did, well, you all, the first thing you always do is just, you know, get smoked, get, get, get crushed, you know, doing pushups, flutter kicks, that whole thing. <clears throat> um, but the first like formal thing is a prep course. So a month long beat down basically out in the woods to prepare you for what's next, which is selection. So you go through a prep course and then, um, at six months in the army, I was I was line, I was in formation at Special Forces Assessment and Selection, not knowing anything, and so just having to you know give it a go. That's what I that's what I enlisted for. So um, that's about a month, I guess, three weeks of physical, mental, leadership, teamwork, um, assessment, and it's it was an it was an it was an awesome experience for sure. I, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, I was, I learned a lot. I, a lot was validated. Um, a lot was like just totally new. It was, it was a pretty interesting experience. And then based on that, if you, if you make it or not, you enter the Q course, which is about another, you know, year and a half of training. You learn a language, six months of language school, you learn your job specialty. So for me, I was like an engineer. So I learned, you know, blowing stuff up, building stuff, um, all that kind of deal. And then you learn tactics, survival training, 
culminated all with a unconventional warfare exercise called Robin Sage. Um, yeah, so it was about two years. So I enlisted in November 2010, and I guess in March 2012 is when I graduated. So it was a it was a long trip. Yeah, I mean, you knew what you wanted to do, and it was between the years you made it. And it was. Is there a hell week like a Navy SEALs? You know, we re, you know, again, I, I suppose you're right now that I think about it. It's like Jocko, you know, everybody's read David Goggins' new book. Uh, I forget the guy's name who shot Osama bin Laden. Um, he's got a book out, right? So you're right. Yeah. You don't read a lot of Green Beret books, but I suppose that's why we know more about it. Is there a hell week in, in the Green Beret training like there is in the Buds training? No, not really. Um, you know, hell week is a unique thing. Buds is definitely a storied selection. Every selection's fucking hard. I mean, am I allowed to curse on this, by the way? Well, you know, I think we're clean, but you can curse. I won't, right, I won't right, be editing. I'll, I'll be, that'll be the last one. Um, every selection is hard. And, 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 and selections are, you know, across the different um, branches, they're hard for different reasons. So, you know, Hell Week, no. In Special Forces selection, there's nothing like Hell Week. There's, I, I had periods of time, much longer than a week, though, like in between the holds. So when you're waiting for another phase of training to begin where yeah every day you're just you're just getting crushed uh, depending upon you know who you're who who's in charge of you um in special forces selection there's a team week which is pretty brutal um i think it might be i don't know how many days it is maybe four time just all kind of blurred together um and that was that's brutal that gets a lot of guys um but there's nothing there's nothing quite storied like like hell week you know dudes like you know flashbang and he had 60 gutting and spraying you with a hose and, and that kind of stuff there's yeah. nothing like that goggins talks about becoming a sugar cookie and all that and by the way if you're listening that was one of my favorite books that i've read this year can't hurt me did you read that book no? i did not no no i did not so, <laughs> you can't see it but he's got a look of disdain on this <laughs> um, so all right, you, you you go through this. What year did you wind up, you know, retiring or, you know, leaving the military? Yeah, so I got out um, end of, so November 2015. And had you found CrossFit or did CrossFit come to you, you know, when you, when you left? So I had found CrossFit. Uh, my brother introduced it to me, I want to say like 08, 09 timeframe. Uh, so he was, in there, he was in the Air Force. He was a C-130 pilot. And he went on, you know, he was deployed to Iraq or whatever. And they were like, you know, flipping tires, doing just old school kind of like dot-com stuff. And so he would tell me about this and I would go to the website and be like, snatch one, 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 one. What the hell is this? Um, so he actually came back and we did a workout. You'll appreciate this. We went to like a Bally's <laughs> and we a were Bally's doing... Even- still around i remember having a membership in college to yeah I, I don't think they are i don't yeah. think they are um but we went to a bally's and tried to do barbara all right so for those listening 20 pull-ups 30 push-ups 40 sit-ups 50 squats rest three minutes yeah brutal brutal yeah, for work. five rounds yeah, yeah i mean so for five rounds to this day if you do that right it's one of the hardest workouts yes Five rounds. So I look yeah. at that. I'm like, I can't do one round. I can't do 20 pull-ups. Of course, I'm not, I don't know what a kipping pull-up is. This is um, back when you're an accountant. 
Yeah, this was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I graduated college anyway. And I was an all-American soccer player in college. So I fancied myself fit. I loved going to the gym, whatever. Was curious about what this cross thing was, mostly because I just had no, like, I couldn't understand it. I saw the results from him. He was like shredded. And, you know, it's amazing what like four months of no booze and working out all day will do. But I guess that's for a different episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we go do this. I'm like, dude, I can't do 20 pull-ups or whatever. It's like, oh, you know what? Just whatever. Do as many as you can, this and that. He puts 135 on, on, a, on a barbell. He didn't even know, like, really what, what the deal was. And I'm like, I can't do that many squats. So it's like, all right, we'll just do the bar. Well, of course, the bar quickly turned into, like, you know, an air squat because he, he was still kind of figuring it out. Um, and I remember finishing that workout, which I, it could only, I could only imagine how awful it looked laying up at the floor, feeling I was going to die thinking like, what, what is this? And why haven't I found it earlier? And from then on kind of being hooked. Um, and that was, yeah, years before, um, CrossFit, but I knew I was going to go into the military at some point. I knew basically it was just a matter of me getting out of my own way and, and committing and, and not finding reasons to, you know, not pursue what I felt was meaningful to me. Um, and I knew that if that one workout could elicit that result, then this was the best thing for me to prepare for my military career. That's wait. So, and let me make this clear. You were trying to do Barbara with weight, dude. I'm not proud of it, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you're saying. You were saying you were doing the 50 squats with 135. You were trying. That's what you were. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about that now and, and I, and I had no, like, cause I hadn't, he didn't really even know what was going on. I obviously had no idea what was going on, but I remember thinking like, I can do maybe 10 of those. <laughs> but it was just so, it was, what was fun about it was like, it, it was just like, you know, all right, we'll figure it out, you know? And it was very much that uh, old school kind of mentality, which I don't know, you know, I think we've evolved since, but to still have that, oh my God, wait, we did, we did what? Or we tried to do that? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. People these days don't realize, you know, even back, one of my first times I did fight gone bad at my, before I had the affiliate at a global gym, I'm like setting a one minute and like walking over to another one, another minute. Like it's not, you didn't know any better. So you went no. to your level one and they weren't happening every weekend like they are now. Well, the, I was, so yeah. So I was uh, actually living in Dallas, Texas for about a year, a little over a year before the military. Um, I hated accounting. I quit that. I went down to Dallas, whatever it, it's a black hole of a year, but basically I just, I just trained all the time and I was training in a 24 hour fitness. So they had no bumper plates. They obviously had no kettlebells. They had, there was no rower, you know, sumo deadlift. I did a billion sumo deadlift high pulls cause that was the sub for, if you didn't have a rower. Um, and then the first time I was actually in a proper, not the first time, the first time I did a real workout in a proper CrossFit gym was the day I met, Kariana and walked into CrossFit Marstown. All right, let's talk about that real quick. So what year is that? This is post-military. No, this is pre-military. Oh, this is still pre. You were with Kariana. So we met right before I left, right before I shipped out is when we met. I was a member. Um, Yeah, we were were friends or whatever. It It was really cool because, you know, I was going into the Army and there was never any real thought that of that, like, for, yeah, that could be anything else um, for for a lot of reasons. 
and then you know what was what started as a just awesome friendship and someone i had a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for turned into yeah just my wife now so that's pretty cool the way that worked if you're listening just so you know kariana you know now anthes i think her last name maybe in cross was dixon at, i think at one point is mm-hmm. that right her maiden name or you know first marriage look her up yeah she's one fit woman she was a long time part of seminar staff she if you watch the games for years she was dave castro's kind of right hand girl as you know as were you and years later right hand man just like dave's got people and you know he's got a busy life and kariana is you know the glue of what holds that together so and she runs an amazing box which we're about to talk about but but definitely check her out she's a uh, she's intimidating she's yelled at me numerous times made me cry so <laughs> Let's, um, so what, what, you know, for someone listening, I guess, what's that like? You're a member, you walk into the box and all of a sudden, a few years later, you're married to the owner. How does, how does that happen from, uh, people listening? Like I own a box and maybe I have a crush on a member or I'm a member and I really like this. What, what's that like for, for someone? You know, it's funny. Cause it kind of falls into that, like, uh, stereotype or tap or whatever, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just like the, Oh yeah. You know, marrying a member, dating a member or whatever, yeah, but exactly that, you know, it's funny. I think coach Glassman has a quote that says something along the lines of like two things happen with, with CrossFit. You either, you know, ch- quit your job and get a new job or you, and, or you find and establish new relationships, be that, you know, uh, marital or just social relationships. And yeah. So, you know, it's, so there was a buddy of mine that I went to school with, like like grammar school with, uh, a couple of years older than me. But he was a he just started coaching at Morristown, and so we had both kind of been in the like doing CrossFit, kind of in the Globo Gym kind of thing. Um, and so when I moved back, I was like, hey, you know, like looking for a gym or whatever. He's like, yeah, I just started coaching up here. Come on up. So I was gonna, I was just going up to check the gym out, no real interest in joining it or I didn't know I was just going to go like say hi like I just you know I've been away for a while so um walked up I was actually late for the class which like totally just irritates me to this day um so I consider just try turning around and going home because I'm like I'm not going to show up late like I'll just say you know I got in traffic or you know make some make some lie up or something I'm not gonna be late uh but I I was I was late I walked in and yeah, Kay was like, hey, like, basically, who are you? And I said, oh, I'm Bill. I'm a friend of Mike's. I'm just here to, you know, check out, just say hi or check out the gym or whatever. She's like, all right, well, do you want to work out? And I was like, uh, yeah. And it was actually Fight Combat. So that was, I think, that might have been the second time I was ever on a rower outside of my level one. My level one was the first time I was on a rower. I had already, I had my level one. Um, I took that before. Um, In Texas? Yeah. Yeah. I took that in Texas and yeah. So then we, I was like, all right, this is awesome. Um, I want to you know, join and whatever joined and yeah, we just, just got to chatting and had, you know, we'd get coffee a bunch. It was like a small group of us, like five or six after the class would just always go get coffee and just hang out. And I had nothing to do cause I was going into the army in three months. So right on. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it just really kind of developed super honestly and authentically and organically. And then, you know, I was in the military for 
the first year, I don't think we were able to actually talk uh, due to like technology not being within our within my reach, like phone being you know somewhere not close to me. I think I calculated it was like nine months. So we wrote a lot of letters, um, which was which was really cool. And that you know I do a lot of writing now. We still write, and and that was I think what started a lot of my or my new relationship what it would be a new relationship with writing and uncovering some really amazing results that that happen when you put pen to paper um you get to know yourself better and you get to know whoever you're writing to pretty well as well just because of the different mode of communication so um yeah and then you know a couple years go by and just obviously jim is growing and talking about different things and offering a little help here a little help there a little bit more and more each time to um yeah being being in an ownership role which i don't know maybe it's been good maybe it hasn't been uh, i think i'm not the person that can answer that question totally well i want to talk about that i mean owning a business with your spouse you're now married you guys have been married maybe three or four years at this point right yeah yeah um so I want to talk a little bit about that, but I do want to touch now upon, you know, your, your movement and your company between the mm-hmm. ears. You obviously, you know, we've just discussed your entire military background, which lends itself to between the ears, right? I assume it's all about developing that strength. You know, Coach Glassman's quote, I love, it's the greatest adaptation that CrossFit happens between the ears. Is that kind of where that? Yeah, that's totally where the, the name came from. Um, so I heard that quote, uh, I think it was, you know, I think what really got me hooked is that was one of the first kind of maybe bits of media that I came across early on when I was like going across the.com and just watching everything, reading everything possible, just couldn't, couldn't consume enough of it. And I heard that one pretty early and I was like, yeah, that, that makes, that makes sense that it clicked for me on a personal level because, um, I always felt that my mental strength, whatever that is, was my greatest asset. So I was a you know first team in soccer college. I was not technically the best player in the country, even though I was you know assessed and rated as the best midfielder in the country. So my mental strength, how I approached things during the season, in the off season, training, just basically every day. Um, and certainly, you know, on the, on the field was something that I felt was lended itself to me being successful, just like, um, really how CrossFit does that, you know, and, and it can certainly do that. So it made sense for me. So I love that. I love that quote. And as I sort of worked through coming up with this idea for this, this company, I guess it, I, don't, I still kind of struggle calling it a company because that, that sounds very official. Um, but yeah, looking at past experiences, looking at like mindset being an asset we can train. I think, you know, we, if we look at how often we train our physical bodies, it's pretty good, especially in the CrossFit space. How often are we intentionally training our mindset? I think that there's a little bit of a, a deficiency there. And there's not a, and it's not for shortage of information. I mean, you know, you're, we were talking about it before, but like books and there's a million resources out there. And sometimes I think it could be information overload. We're just getting blasted with different, you know, if, if you're a subscriber to like medium, 
I mean, you read that and you're like, oh my God, I have to do, I have to rework my entire life every day. Every morning that email hits the inbox and you're like, numbers and promises, like seven ways to improve your productivity and nine different tips for this and that. Um, but anyway, I, I, the between the ears really is um, a specific way to look within and develop your, your own mindset looking at things like, you know, um, how you confront things. And it's, it's a personal, it's an intimate experience. Um, and it's also one that's, that's shared, uh, usually with others, not so much in like, we're going to go around the campfire and tell stories thing, but, you know, um, events that I've run have always had like a team element. So it's, 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 you're in a group of, of people. So, if someone's listening, you know, that's very interesting. Everything you're talking about. And I agree. It's like we train our bodies, not our minds. And I think that's true in so many aspects, right? What are, what are some of the ways, you know, first and foremost, it's like, okay, I want to learn more about your company. What are some of the options they can do? And then I want to talk about what are some things people can do just right now you're listening. I want to try to improve my mindset you know, learn from you, but what are some of the options you have for people? Yeah. To so, you know, I have a, I just actually in January, I launched like an online training program, um, which was really cool. I'm reworking it though, to have it be sort of like uh, an off the shelf kind of program. So it should be really, I'm actually having a call with the app people right now or after this to release it, but it's a 12 week program that each week there's a workout, physical workout. There's a mindset topic, and then we kind of wrap it all together and package it in a uh, awareness exercise via journaling. So that's where the writing kind of gets gets into place. And so, you know, for for those folks, um, I got great feedback of the the first group that kind of tested it. But looking at what you can do today, you know, thinking about just like your where are you right now? Thinking about your intentions with how you do things. Just, just trying to observe your thoughts, observe your energy. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate of just awareness, having having the awareness starting there as a way to just see what it is. And, and it's going to be different for everybody, you know? So I, I know there's a lot of people out there that give advice. I don't feel like I'm in the business of giving advice um, because I don't know where you're at right now. You're like the expert on yourself. So if you can observe your own thoughts, if you can observe your feelings, if you can be honest with yourself and really try to exercise that awareness, then that's a great starting point. I would say real quick, if right off the bat, do a workout, have a pen and paper right next to you. As soon as you're done, just write whatever you came to your mind for five minutes. And it could be awesome. It could be nothing. It could be like, uh, I haven't written in forever because I type, whatever. It just doesn't matter. Just start to write something guaranteed after you start moving your body. And then you sit down consciously like, okay, I'm going to capture some thoughts. You're going to surprise yourself. And it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be, um, I, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but, and you might resist it because you've probably been burying some stuff, but it's, it's, it's pretty cathartic when, when you do it. That's a cool idea. Do you find that when people, exercise before doing that it elicits a different response i do yeah yeah so that's i do that's an important aspect to it we'll talk more about that yeah. but it's exercise then jump. yeah so so eat so there's a workout so so the first so here's one so the first week um is 
five minutes of burpees. Rest five minutes, five minutes of burpees. The goal from a physical standpoint is to try to match your score from the first round. Physically, like, is that going to happen? I don't know. You know, probably not. If you go hard, hard you go right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you go hard and it's, Hey, but the mindset focus is best effort. So you're just going to just give your best effort. And so I kind of go into a little bit of that. I type up some thoughts. I just give some food for thought, a couple definitions that are not like Merriam Webster definitions, but like, Hey, for purposes of uniting us all on the same page, this is what I mean by that. And then, um, yeah, and then you execute the workout with best effort, kind of being the theme for that. For that, and then afterwards, you just write. So I'll put, I'll post up some um, some questions, some like kind of guided uh, guided journal questions in case you're having some writer's block. You don't have to answer them because I, I'm a big fan and advocate like write what you came up with. Here's a couple things to give you a little bit of a nudge, but by no means do you have to, you know, answer these questions. I'm not collecting answers and creating papers. Um, and that, that system of doing a workout with this topic and this intention and this, um, focus combined and sort of wrapped up with a, with a journaling piece is, is really, really cool. Yeah. People are, it, and it's amazing what people, um, stumble upon, come across. And I just don't think you can access that via just being on the couch and journaling. There's nothing wrong with that, but the combination of, of moving your body and then exercising your mind in, in that form of journaling it, 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 it's like why Fran is effective because it's thrusters and pull-ups. If it was one or the other, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Fran, right? It would just be thrusters or it would just be pull-ups. That, that workout is so effective because of the complementary movement there. I view developing your mindset or getting in touch with yourself the same way. A little bit of movement, a little bit of mindset, you know, or via journaling. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an awesome combo. Yeah, I'd imagine it's, you know, the endorphins, the dopamine rush you're having lends itself to all of that yeah and sometimes you know there's there's some there's some weeks in the program that it's tough to really think about the 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 mindset topic and that's fine like you don't have to it's not something that you're gonna like throughout the entire duration of the workout be thinking about this ethereal thing you know so and, and that's that's okay um afterwards you can kind of be like all right yeah what did i where 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 was i at uh, but there's certainly some workouts that lend themselves a little bit favorably more favorably to like having that topic for that week be really front and center and then there's others that are just like i'm just trying to survive the workout you know and it's usually pretty simple it's not like it's not like amanda or you know snatches or muscle ups or anything crazy it's very very simple anybody can do it totally scalable um but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to pull any punches either. I'm going to push you. Yeah. And I think, well, what you said earlier for the listeners to catch on, it's like, Hey, just start writing. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people like, I, I'm, you know, am I writing about the right thing? They're thinking so much. It's like, just write about the fact that you don't know what to write. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. As long as you get the pen moving, you're doing good because it'll continue to go. And, and, and you kind of just, whatever you're thinking, 
transmit that through the pen and, and you'll be good. And use a pen and paper. Don't use a keyboard. Don't thumb your phone. Use a pen and paper. There's a very, you just, you just can't get the same, um, you can't get to the same depths uh, via technology. Okay, I want to ask you about that. But before that, my question is, you must come across people that just think in the negative. Yeah. You know, and I see that at the box. I can't do this or in their mind. And I, you know, I learned from Greg Amundsen at his goal setting seminar back in the day. It was always trying to talk to you. You know, he talks about a positive self-talk. How, how is somebody listening? How can they start to work through that, overcome that? So I, one of the things, of course, it's, you know, if somebody's, let's just say somebody's saying like, I can't, I can't do that. And we're talking about whatever, a strict pull up, or if we're talking about inside of the gym, you know, there's a difference between you, you can't, or you not being able to do something and you being an awful human being. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of times people associate not being able to do a pretty high level skill with being less than. So one of the things like to, to triage that in that moment, because there's, there's there, in my mind, there's a lot of work, deep work that has to happen for that sort of split to occur, right? If somebody's constantly in the negative, if they're kind of a victim mindset, it, it's, there's no little trick or tip, I think, that's going to work. But to stop the bleeding and to triage it in that moment to get you kind of through your day, um, I, I encourage people to just accept and move on. You know, accept and advance, acknowledge it and advance. And like, I can't do that. Okay. Yes, you can't do that. Move on. Don't get stuck there. And in, 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 cause that's a bad, bad, bad space. Um, so that acceptance piece, which is so easy to say to folks. I mean, every time I say that to someone personally, I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite because I struggle with acceptance and self-acceptance just like anybody else. Um, but I, I do see that loop just recurring over and over with folks where it's like, hey, just accept it and advance and move on. Um, how you go about doing that and your experiences certainly can, some can be more powerful than others. And that's where I think, um, you know, with the, with the events that I've run, some of those teaching points happen at get people at their, at their lows. Um, just because it'll be, you know, maybe 4 a.m. and they're super tired and they have no idea where they are and like no one's coming to help you. <laughs> so that sounds like fun. So if someone's listening to like, I'm paying to get, you know, be up at 4 a.m., but that's where the magic happens, right? You, you kind of make those breakthroughs similar to a boot camp where it's like you need to be broken down to make that happen for your life. Yeah. I mean, the events are, are pretty cool. Um, and there's an element of, there's an element of needing to just have some time to punch below some layers here. Everyone's fired up usually at the beginning and like the first hour, maybe two hours. And I'm not just like making people do pushups for, you know, eternity or screaming or yelling at people. That's not my, that's not my style. Um, but yeah, when we're when we've been going for for four or five hours, and the standard remains the same, and if hey you're here for a reason, like you came here for a specific reason, and everyone has their own reasons, um, it, it takes some time to get to get deep. But but it I haven't I shouldn't say that. Maybe there's one person who I felt like resi- was really good at resisting and just 
resisted the entire thing. And, you know, Hey, they missed, they missed the training value. Uh, not me. I'm not going to apologize for that, but it, it, it takes some time to get to that, to get to that level. Um, and that's kind of what the events do. So talk to me about journaling. You know, I have mm-hmm. a journaling practice, but it is on the computer. Yeah. So what's the value of, you know, for someone listening and they've never journaled, they feel like I'm not a 14 year old girl. I don't need a yeah. diary. Yeah. You know, and I started and it, it was very similar. Like I was like, what am I going to write about? And most first mornings would always be like, I got a good night's sleep. And mm-hmm. then it would kind of, I'd wind up writing about things I didn't know were on my mind. So what's your opinion and why is the pen and paper so valuable? So I think one, um, journaling does a couple of things. It's, it's a, it's, it's very cathartic. So it allows you to clean out some thoughts and kind of get rid of some junk. And just like you would, um, you know, just like you do the dishes every day, you clean off those plates so you can eat on them again. Journaling is a way to kind of download and, and, and um, clean out some of the thoughts that you have going on. When those things are sort of cleaned out, then what you what you give way for are these other thoughts where you're like, man, I didn't even know that was in there. And it's like, yeah, of course you didn't know that because you were clogged up with all this other crap. So you have to you have to remove that a little bit. Um, the other thing I think journaling does is it gets you it gets you to access a part of your brain that's tough to that's tough to access just by thinking. And that's where I really think the connection between that and the physical form of, of writing it down um, is kind of like, it, it, it's like the key in the lock. Like the, the way of writing pen and paper is the, is the right size key to fit that lock of that part of the brain we're trying to access. I think the, um, what was I going to say? I think the, part about it that's always really cool is you start and you have no idea where it's going to go, but you can't get there from like, you can't get to those turns that you're making or with your thoughts from, from before, like you don't have the script already written. You have to just kind of go through it and write. And after a couple sentences, if you're listening to yourself, they're going to come up, you know, it, it's funny because Okay, so being in like the mindset kind of world, I guess, I don't know if that's what it is, but I hear a lot of people say like, you know, just you, you, you can control your thoughts. I think that's the biggest lie there is. There's no, I do not, you can, you can help direct them, but to truly control them 100%, not happening. You know, these, they, they come naturally and just they pop up and spontaneously, this whole mind control thing. Um, nobody's that strong. I hate to break it to you. You're not that strong. So, um, but if we listen to them, if we acknowledge them, if we can kind of see them and anybody that has any sort of like meditation, um, experience is, you know, like they, like, that's a big thing. Like a lot of times people think like, Oh, well, if I'm thinking about something, I'm I'm meditating incorrectly. And it's like, no, you're doing the, you're doing it right. How, how are you observing your thoughts though? Are you kind of hopping on board with them and letting them take you you know, downstream, or are you just sort of watching them and here they come, there they go. And, and, and what's your stillness like? So I think uh, journaling is, is a, is a kind of moving form of, of meditation in a way. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, agreed a hundred percent. It's not about, it's like, except in advance, like you said earlier, you can't, you can't control your thoughts. They pop into your head from 40 years of life experience. The best thing you can do is accept that thought, be it positive or negative and move on. 
And yeah. it's the same with meditation. I try to meditate. And I say try because I'm not good at it. But the days I know I did better, I'm like, okay, I didn't think of anything for a minute. You know, it's never a minute. It's like three seconds. But something does pop into my head. You know, this morning I did it and I'm thinking about you and the other people I'm going to chat with, the questions I'm going to ask. And you, you want to think about those questions, but instead I'm like, okay, that's there. Accept it, push it away and go back to... And yeah. And, and, you know, and that's the thing. And, you know, I think like there's some days where, and there's the bunch of different forms of meditation and whatnot. And, you know, each of them have their own, you know, different kind of use and whatnot. Um, but like the purpose of meditation to have that presence and that mindfulness, you know, it, one of them might be like, okay, yeah, you have a bunch of work to do. So you have interviews lined up, you have questions, you have, you know, your job and like, that's fine to have those come up. That's natural to have those come up. But the purpose of you meditating right now is to be present, is to be mindful, is to be aware. And, you know, this interview is going to happen one way or the other. You, you're, you being in your meditation practice, that's the purpose of your being right then, not to work through the questions that are going to come up. So really to have that presence and that ability not to stop everything, you know, and just be like, and just stick your head in the sand and just have zero sensory input, but just to be present and be like, okay, yep, these thoughts are coming up. I'm thinking about this acknowledged and then, but I'm here. And then you focus back on your breath or your mantra or whatever your practice looks like. Um, I think that that creates a very good relationship with our thoughts and, and our responses to them. If we can respond to them versus like react to them, I think that's that's kind of the trick. That's kind of the key. You know, as you're saying all that, I'm laughing just because it's 2019. People, I feel like there should be a new disease called, you know, adult onset ADHD. Yeah. You know, so how do, I think I should actually write that down. That, I don't know if that's in the, uh, you know, DSM-4 <laughs> or whatever, for psychology, but I feel like that's a disease. And I feel like I, I'm guilty, but I'm actively working on it. So... You know, and I'm just basically saying we have a phone, we have notifications. When I'm driving, if I'm at a red light, my initial reaction to this day, even though I'm working, is to pick up my phone. Yeah. So, and I have a couple of tips and tricks that I use to improve. Be it about that or just mindset in general, I always like to leave the audience with like, what's one solid tip, trick, piece of advice you would give out? Like, what's your... What's the most important somebody's listening? Just give them one real tangible thing right now. What are you doing right now? And what you're doing, do what you're doing right now. So if you're driving, you are driving. Like just what, what, am, what am I doing right now? And to just to have that be the presence because you're going to be listening. You're, you're, you're going to be, hopefully you're going to see that it kind of draws a little bit of a line. Right. So, you know, the, we're having this chat. If I'm, you know, messing with my phone or, you know, doing other things, clicking around, doing emails, of course, I would never disrespect you like that, Jay. But um, you're not, you know, you're definitely not on Facebook, right? Now. <laughs> no. Uh, or the driving. Let's go with the driving thing. Like you're driving, you're driving your vehicle. Not the time to do your emails, not the time to update your statuses, not the time to do this, that, the other. Does it happen? Of course it happens. But just a simple thing we can do is, hey, what am I doing right now? And then and I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And not, not really making all of these 
well, but I'm overstressed. I'm overburdened. I'm, I'm, I've got too much going on because like, you're right. You do have too much going on. You need to do something about that. And just trying to be more productive while eating, driving and sending an email, that is just furthering the problem. So you need to establish that boundary and honor that boundary and to have that presence and that mindfulness. And, you know, mindfulness gets a bad rap, but it is, I, to your point of the, like adult onset ADHD, I think mindfulness would be the, would be the, uh, the, the, the kind of cure all pill for that where like, Hey, what, what, what am I doing right now? And, and do that. And you're not doing your phone. You're not doing your emails. And you're also respecting and honoring that person who you're responding to or whatever by giving them the time, your, your, your undivided time and attention. Um, so yeah, I don't know if, the, I don't know if that helps. No, that definitely helps. And I think, you know, one thing I just try to do is, you know, obviously, you know, while we're talking, I'm definitely not doing any, I take some notes here and there, but even in mm -hmm. person, I know yesterday, for example, I'm at the box, I, I finished a work, I was just kind of chilling out, doing nonsense on my phone, and someone comes up to me to chat, sits down next to me, and I immediately shut my phone and put it down. You know, granted, yeah. I, I was doing something, he, you know, interrupted me, if you will, but it's like, sure. these are human people and, you know, human beings, and they deserve, you just if someone's listening, I don't even have to tell them, but look around at wherever they're going, everyone's on their devices. No one, Kariana actually <laughs> used to be one of the people that would yell, like at Saturday night dinner, you know, trainer dinner, she would be like, all right, phone's in the middle. Yeah. That's funny. I like, I didn't even think of that till I just, you know, picture it popped into my head. I remember her and it's true. Like we're at dinner. Like these are our friends, our loved ones. And we're on social media with strangers. Yeah. It's, it's really weird, you know? And, and it's funny because I think it's not funny. It's sad and it's, it's toxic, but you know, you are not the, you are not how many followers you have. You are not how many likes you have. And, and, you know, it's, it's crazy because these are things we're telling teenagers, you know, we have a 14, 11 year old and these are things we're really like really trying to message kids, but we need to message ourselves as well. And what are you missing? You know, we were just in Wales for a week and it was amazing. It was, it was so great. Cause I don't, I think I charged my phone once. Cause I wasn't using it. The internet was off, the cell, the data was off, everything was off, you know, and the phone was just like an afterthought. And guess what? The world kept going. The sun came up, the world spun around the sun, life carried on. And, um, you know, I think we've got that you know, FOMO or that fear of missing out, or you always got to stay connected, but it's robbing us of the present It's really robbing us of presence. And, um, the whole slew of, I think just, bad behaviors going on you are a driven individual i, I want to give people the opportunity to find out more about you but before that i always have a couple of questions i like to ask everyone what's your morning routine look like bill so currently i um i roll out of bed and i do what? 20 i do 20 push-ups what time is that uh, it depends on when my little eight-month-old black lab decides to make the world's worst noises um <laughs> so it's not noon it's not noon no 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 so i'll set my alarm for 5 30 okay i'll set my alarm for 5 30 sometimes it's a little bit before then sometimes it's you know the, the nine minutes snooze after um this is, this is why the navy seals have the you know the edge jock goes up at 4 30 
Yeah, I know. I know, I know. I'm just going to keep my eyes open. I'm not going to (laughs) even sleep. Who who cares? Um, Yeah, so I'll wake up at 5.30. I'll roll out of bed. I'll do 20 push-ups. Take the puffs out. What's the significance of that? So um, I start my day with a little bit of movement. And it's a goal. It's a, it brings me to this like awareness. Uh, it, it exercises this awareness muscle, I think. And I wake up and it's like, hey, I, I'm going to do this little ritual. I'm going to just do 20 push-ups. It started actually as just wake up and do as many as you can. And that was actually really humbling because you get like 13 in and you're <laughs> like out of breath. The dogs are like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Kay's pissed off because I'm Make like noise. this weirdo. Um, so I just figured, hey, I'm just going to start doing 20. Um, and then each week I'll add five. But so just do a set of push-ups, take the dogs out. Um, and, oh, anyway, the significance too is like, yeah, you start with a little bit of a win. You just start with a movement. You get your body going. It also is just a jump start to wake you up. Um, and it just kind of goes in line with how I like enjoy life. So I'll do that and then, uh, take the dogs out, make some coffee, unload the dishwasher. Then I'll do, um, I do, a the morning pages. Are you familiar with the artist's way? No, I'm not. Cameron. Oh man. So highly, highly recommend that. Is that um, a website, a book? It is a book. Yeah. So Julia Cameron, it's about kind of tapping into some creativity. I, I haven't done her. It's actually, she actually has a 12 week course. I haven't done the full thing and it's in the book, but like the, like the right now do thing is what she calls the morning pages. Um, three pages of long form journaling. And if it's, I hate morning pages, like, okay, fine. Start with that though. And just keep writing. Um, so I'm starting, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm pretty good with getting back into the, that routine make a cup of coffee. Kay and I try to have a cup of coffee together. Um, and those you, listening should know you have two, two kids. As yeah, well. two kids. So they're, we get them up around, you know, 6.15-ish, roughly. Um, try to do a meditation. Maybe it's 10 minutes to 20 minutes on the higher end. Um, yeah, and then the kids get up and then we do breakfasts and that gets crazy. chat with them and lunch and, you know, it's uh, that whole routine and then they're out the door and then, you know, that's about seven, seven o'clock-ish and then, you know, life starts. You know, but it's interesting that almost everyone I've had on is successful. I mean, I should go back. Everyone I've had on is successful, but almost everyone also has a morning routine. You know, I've had... Austin talk about it. I had David Osorio talk about it, but you know, it's, it's something, you know, and it, it looks a little different for everyone, but the point is everyone has, you know, it, truth is it, it kind of has the same vibe and same feel how people go about it is a little different. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've struggled with a, I've struggled with like a morning routine. I've known about the utility of it forever but it's like, I don't know, like, what is mine going to be? And, you know, my, my advice would be like, find something that you like doing that works for you. If you can, if you can incorporate a little bit of movement, if you can incorporate a little bit of writing, and if you can incorporate a little bit of stillness, you know, don't, don't overcomplicate the meditation thing. Sit there and just breathe, sit there and just be still, sit there and just open your mind to what your thoughts are. Call it meditation. It's fine. Um, 
but finding something that really works. I have no problem at all getting up at, you know, early hours and with the morning routine, what's kind of cool is like, I enjoy it. I like getting up for it. It's if you're going to have your morning routine, I think Dave does like the cold shower thing, right? Asorio. David Asorio, yeah. Yeah. So, it, but if you are like, if, if you absolutely dread and hate and beyond the like extending your comfort zone thing, then don't do it. You know, maybe you splash some cold water on your face if you want to do the like cold water thing. Um, but find something that like that you enjoy doing that works for you. And it's a great, it, you wouldn't walk into a class, throw 95 pounds on the bar and just three, two, one, go do Fran. You would warm up. You would, you would warm up for that. And everyone's going to need, maybe need a little bit more warm up on the thruster, maybe a little bit more warm up on the, on the pull up, a little bit, just general warm up, whatever, but you're warming up for your day with what you need to do with what's appropriate for you. So yeah, the morning routine thing, find something that, that works, that works for you. Um, and, and, and stick it out. And I think it's, it's a great way to warm up your day and kind of put you in the right headspace. That's solid advice there. You, you know, we've talked about this right before you got online. Last question I'm going to ask you, you have two shelves of books behind you. What is mm. one book you'd recommend to the, to the listeners? You've already mentioned a couple along the way, but do you have another, another one that you'd mention everyone should read? Man, if I could just narrow it down to one, I'll say the, um, give me a second here. If there was just one, the a, a book that has I'll be I'll get personal with it a book that has incredible personal meaning to me um, is The Alchemist. That's a I read that last year. I loved it. What, why does it have so much meaning to you? You know, I feel like it was. Um, I feel like it just it 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 was in parallel to so much of my life. Um, trying to seek out a personal legend, uh, just having the hardship of the distance between your loved one, um, unknown, it really just rung so true in so many things, um, to me, to my relationship, to my life. And yeah, the, uh, yeah, it, it just, it just really hit, it hit home and it meant a lot. Where can people find out more about between the years? So you can go to, unfortunately, Instagram is like probably the, most consolidated form of info. So uh, my Instagram handle is um, at between the ears, B-T-W-N, the ears. B-T, um, uh, so it's abbreviated, B-T-W-N, the ears. Yep. Uh, my personal handle is pretty much the same, at Bill Anthes, A-N-T-H-E-S. Um, and then I have a website, betweentheears.com, as well as btepractice.com. And soon hopefully next week, the BTE app. Ooh, so you'll be able to download it on all app platforms? Yep, yep. So it'll be, um, you know, it'll be a free app or whatever for, to download. Um, it's, it's, it's really, the purpose of it is really to house the BTE practice, that 12-week uh, training program. But then there's also going to be like a chat feature on there. So, you know, if there's a thousand people on it and you're sort of in the between the ears kind of community, um, you can chat with different people, ping them. Just, just I, I, the community piece is huge to me. I want to provide an outlet for ongoing communication, interaction, and the app is a cool way to do that. So, and your seminars happen around the, the country. People can sign up, go learn from you. 
yeah um around the country might be a bit of a stretch um i've done a few um i did one out in chicago that's probably the furthest i've traveled for it um usually they're here uh, in the new jersey new york area um but yeah you can you can always if you're interested in me coming out yeah I, I'll, I'll travel awesome well i'm sure people might want to do it they can have you at their box they can have you at their community I do want to, I know we've chatted about it. Yeah. I want to get to it. I want to have you help me bust through plateaus. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate you being on here. Jay, I appreciate chatting with me, man. It's always, uh, it's always a treat to catch up with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to Best Hour of Their Day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience? Do you have topics you want us to talk about? People you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.